Jesus, our hearts are open this morning for whatever it is that you have to teach us by your spirit. And we pray that you would be our one desire. Come and realign our priorities as we invite you to come and speak to us now through your word, Jesus, we pray. Would our life be an offering to you, Lord? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I invite you to take a seat and open up your Bibles if you have one, because we're going to have two Bible readings this morning, which are going to be read by Pete and by Jean, and we're looking at the greatest commandment in Matthew, as well as a passage in Isaiah to help us open up this new sermon series. So Pete, if you could come first, and then if Jean could read from Isaiah, that would be amazing. Thank you. The readings from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 22, and it's beginning at verse 34. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. The second reading is taken from Isaiah 54, verses 1 to 3, the future glory of Zion. Sing, O barren woman, you who never bore a child. Burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labor. Because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent, Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Thank you, Jean. Thank you, Pete, for sharing with us. So like I said this morning, I'm going to be opening up uh, a new sermon series, a new focus for us in the month of July. And we're thinking about this theme of hospitality with this morning, with the emphasis on the instruction I believe God is sharing with us to make room, make room for what he has for us. And I've entitled this series that we're going to study together in July, Grow Up, Grow In and Grow Out. 
And this is the challenge that we have together over the next few weeks. But how does that link to the gift of hospitality, you may be wondering. We're going to think about this gift that I believe God gives us, and we're going to try and, um, and make the connection between how this grows us in our faith, how this can help us in our fellowship with the church family and aid our mission. And I'm really excited to be setting this in motion today as we hear other voices in the next few weeks come and share with us, because I think God's message is really clear for us. Make room for others. Enlarge your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. Make room for the blessing that he has for us. And why are we thinking about hospitality? For those of you that were with us in our May's partners meeting, I was sharing how hospitality is one of the values that we've come up with over this time together in January, February and March when we were thinking about our church vision, asking who are we to be? This idea of being a committed community um, with, a, with a love of belonging in this place. And we've heard already about Belonging Sunday that's coming on the fifth Sunday in July, where we lead our service differently so that we can share in hospitality together, food and time together. We wanna be a church that values hospitality. So how do we grow in it, I ask? How do we grow up, in and out? That's what we're going to be focusing on. Because when we talk about hospitality, some of us immediately go, this isn't for me. It's not a gift I have, or I don't have a house to host in, or I, at the moment, don't have a space that I can share with others, or I don't have the, the, the catering skills, whatever it might be. My schedule is too busy. And then the challenge for us is that we ignore the gospel call to be hospitable because we've already discredited that it's for us. But today, I want us to hear afresh how living a hospitable life is at the centre of the gospel. It's not an additional extra, how we choose to spend our time. It's who we are to be as followers of Jesus. And it aids us in our growth. So that's what we're going to be thinking about, how we grow in our faith through hospitality. It's a gift from God this morning that I propose to us is supposed to stretch us. It's, stro it's supposed to enlarge us and to challenge us. And I hear the call of God this morning telling us to not hold back as we study and look at this together. Because I believe it's how God grows his church through relationship and through using his people. So I've entitled my sermon today, Make Room, as we hear the words of Isaiah, enlarge your tents, make room for others in your lives, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. In other words, how are we preparing ourselves to make room for God to use us? So we're going to focus over the next three weeks in growing up, growing in and growing out. This idea that our relationship upwards with God needs investment. How does God host us? We're going to look at Isaiah 55, how God is the ultimate host. How can we strengthen our relationship in being faithful in the fellowship with one another? And how can we be looking outwards, all using the gift of hospitality for God to grow, stretch us, grow, stretch and enlarge us?
But as Richard is helpfully already showing, this is a diagram that I haven't come up with, but today I share as part of the missional community movement. And I don't know how many of you have heard of missional communities. It's a different structure or way of doing church that is far more relational, where you meet in smaller gatherings. That's kind of what the structure of church looks like. And shape your life and your priorities around this triangle. And they call this triangle a life shape. So I ask us the question this morning, what's the shape of your life look like? Because the idea behind missional communities is that you meet in small groups, occasionally come to a, a wider, larger church gathering, but have a relational focus where you meet with this heart of mission propelling you forwards. And this life shape is devised from Jesus's shape of life. I don't know if you've ever thought about that question before. What did Jesus's life look like? And if you study Jesus' life in scripture, you see that Jesus is a relational person who prioritizes his time and resources through kind of three ways. And we're just going to touch on what those are for a moment. Because if you look at Jesus' life, you see that he prioritized his up relationship with the Father. We see him withdraw and pray and seek God's face. So if Jesus prioritizes his relationship with God, then we are too as well. But then we see Jesus devise his time by uh, spending time with those in the family of God, his followers. He invests in them. He spends time with them as he does life with them. So we therefore are called to do life with people who are in the fellowship, who share the faith to propel us forwards. So that's the up and that's the in. And then if you study Jesus' life as well, you see that Jesus has a real heart for looking outwards, for those who don't know him yet, for those who are living on the outside of the kingdom. What's the shape of Jesus' life? He positions himself relationally, prioritizing his time with the Father, with those who are following him, and with those who don't know him yet. So the call for us on our lives then, being followers of Jesus, is to shape our life and our priorities and our time in the same way. So I asked you this morning, where might God be asking or highlighting to you that you need to grow in? What area might that be? The up, the in, or the out? We're just going to focus on that for a moment, asking where might God want to grow me? up, in, or out, as we see the differences between how we are to prioritize our lives. Because I think the shape of life has changed after COVID. I kind, I kind of think the shape and priorities in our life have molded, have formed. And I think we're now beginning to ask questions again about how do we kind of recalibrate or has the shape changed, therefore we need to change, we need to adapt. What does the priority look like in your life at the moment? Because otherwise you see this lopsided triangle. And I wonder if you focus, the thing with this triangle diagram is it shows this contention in balance, how we need all three areas. Because go with me for a moment, if we kind of 
um, don't hold all three in contention, it's going to look differently. So if we have a lopsided triangle, it might look like this. If we spend all of our time on the up, so with God, and the in, prioritizing the church family, then the word that comes to mind is that we are a cozy people. We spend all our time up and in, we become cozy, spiritually saturated, but not sharing that news with anybody else. The opposite, though, is if we invest all our time upwards and outwards, so sharing the love of Jesus with others, then we become a lone wolf without the church, without the family kind of keeping us accountable, and we can become isolated from this encouragement. So that's up and out. But the danger also is that we can focus on the in and the out without prioritizing our relationship with God, first and foremost, and then we become doers of the work, kind of activists, if you like, and then we're powerless and we're ineffective. So we need all three to be held in contention, a relationship with God, a connection with our church family, and this missional heart at the core of who we are. Otherwise, we're cozy, we're isolated, and we're powerless. So that's why we're spending some time over the next three weeks really focusing on these three areas that I believe God is asking us to grow in. Grow up, grow in, and grow out. And my heart behind this study for us, this idea of asking the question again, how are we supposed to be hospitable in a way that prioritizes all three of these things that gives us a wholeness of life following Jesus, if you like. My heart isn't to condemn us if at the moment our life shape doesn't look like that. We might be a bit more lopsided that we've kind of spent so much time outside of the church now that we're more focused on the out than we are on the in, or we might be the other way. I don't know what your triangle might look like, if you can picture it this morning. My heart isn't to condemn, it's to allow God to gently whisper to us today, asking what is our priority? And I feel that God is saying, in the midst of all of this, it's time to make room. Make room for me, make room for your church, and make room for others. If we've got out of kilter, if we've kind of, our priorities are all over the place, I believe, uh, I believe God is saying in the midst of all of that, it's time to make room. Make room for me, room for my church, and room for one, for those who don't know me yet, for one another. Why do I share this? Because we've heard the command, the greatest command, read from scripture already this morning. Jesus was tested with the question, teacher, what is the greatest commandment of the law? And Jesus replies, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. That's the up commandment we see, isn't it? And the second is love your neighbor as yourself. The in and the out. Love God and love others. Does the shape of our life reveal that command? 
And then the scripture tells us that all the laws and the prophets hang on these two commands. Everything hangs on this. Love the Lord your God with everything and then extends that relationship to others. That's what the gift of hospitality is. When we're so in love with the Father, we want to share that, share our resources, share our heart and love with others. Our God is relational and therefore asks us to prioritize our life, to shape our life around this command to love him with everything and then to love others. And then we hear these words from Isaiah in Isaiah 54. And this instruction for us to enlarge our tents and to make room. And in these verses, Isaiah is addressing the people of Israel, who at this moment have been taken into Babylonian captivity. So they are, because of their unfaithfulness, are in exile and they are captives and they are oppressed. And not only are they in captivity and are and are oppressed, what we are hearing and reading by the parallel of this metaphor used to describe a barren women in, in ancient Israel, we're beginning to understand that the people of God are ashamed and are disgraced and are humiliated at this point. They are in captive and they are humiliated. A barren woman in Israel would have felt humiliated, would have felt disgrace. But then we see the instruction from Isaiah to the people, this song of hope. It's time to sing again. And then we hear God say, I'm going to release you, release you from captivity, not only from exile, but from this shame and this disgrace and this humiliation that you're feeling. In Israel's darkest hour, God spoke through a prophet and a servant a song of hope. And God was going to make his desolate people fruitful again. And there came the instruction to prepare for the blessing. It's almost as if Isaiah is saying, God is going to bless you, so you need to position yourself ready to receive. How are they supposed to prepare? The instruction is, Enlarge your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. They are to get ready for the future descendants and the fruitfulness that is coming. They are to make room for the blessing. They are to widen their hearts, ready to receive more people in their lives. So what does it mean today for us to enlarge in our tent? I believe another way of wording this, this instruction that God is saying to us today in the midst of our thoughts on hospitality is to widen our hearts. These, the people of Israel are in exile and I'm picturing them loathed in self-pity and then call, the call of Christ comes again. The song of hope is to return to them Love the Lord your God with everything, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And then we hear, open yourselves up, ready to re receive the future generations that are coming. There's an instruction to us to widen our hearts, 
to have a capacity to love people more, to love more people. And then the instruction is stretch your curtain wide. Another way of saying this, I believe, is saying have God's vision. A barren woman does not need a bigger tent. But making room for others, therefore for us, is an act of faith. We can't quite see it yet, but God, we're hearing you, so we're going to respond. So my prayer today is that God would give us a bigger vision for how he wants us to be in relationship with one another. God, where are you asking me to grow? Have a bigger vision for an intimate relationship with you that I've never had before. Give me a bigger vision to love your church, to see your church at work, to see you working through your church and how you want me to get on board. Or give me a bigger vision that my friends and family who don't know you yet might come to know you. God, give me a bigger vision. Open my hands to serve you. Where are you asking me to welcome people, to widen my heart, to have a bigger vision? My prayer is, widen my heart, God. Give me a bigger vision for people. And finally, the instruction is to lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. Because a tent, without tent poles or tent pegs, I'm picturing it, they've just come back from spree, is useless, isn't it? A tent without poles, without pegs, is useless. It's a recipe for disaster if it's not anchored in the ground. The message version of these verses in Isaiah, I think, is quite friendly. It's quite helpful. It says, clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs in deep because you're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. So this image of a tent peg strengthening your cords, I think is God asking us, what support systems do we have in place? How deep do our roots and our faith go in him? What is anchoring us? What's supporting us ready for this growth? Widen my heart, God. Give me a bigger vision of you. Keep me anchored in you is my prayer this morning.